Hello and welcome to the Feedback Force podcast, the game design and analysis podcast of the End Defender community. My name is Kelso. Hello. And I'm Kyla. And I'm Carl. Oh, and there's there's the cat. And um, that is the cat Flippo. Yeah. The cat is our new fourth cast member <laughs> because Chris yep. is taking a break from yep. podcasting and from yeah. Sunday Game Club in case you missed it. <laughs> We were, he was just, you know, he was so upset the last podcast that we decided it was time for an intervention. And we said, listen, Buddy, Thano, you're, uh, you're so grumpy when maybe you need to go to Grump Rehab. And uh, we shipped him off to Grump Rehab. No, yeah. he's just, he just needs a bit of a break. So he's, uh, he's taking some time off. So for our guest host, uh, we have Kelso's cat. Who won't shut up for now? Yeah, gosh, I don't know. I don't know what his deal is, but um, yeah, I figured this. You know, since since we just explained all of that stuff, now is a good time to say, hey, y'all, if you want to be on the show, if we're playing a game that you really like, or something, and you th- and you're available on a Sunday at like 2 p.m., let me know, and you can be on the show. It'll be yeah. great. We will use we will use Chris's hiatus to 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 test drive some guest hosts. Yeah, since I wanted to do this the whole time, and then we just sort of we did it once, and then technical difficulties rendered <laughs> that episode um, unpublishable. Poor, poor Faustus. Yeah, I, he was I, so excited, I and know. he was such a good guest host, and I then we like completely st- destroyed it. I still feel bad about that. Oh well, these things happen. So yeah, what what did what did y'all do these last couple weeks? I've been consuming a bunch of media as though I have just discovered free time for the first time. Oh boy, which is kind of what happened. <laughs> um, so I've been playing some City Skylines, and I just finished watching uh, Legend of Korra, which I had oh, been nice. meaning to get around to for ages and ages. Very nice. I only watched the first season of that, and I. For ages and ages, have been meaning to watch the rest of it. Oh, my cat just sneezed. Oh, oh boy! <laughs> oh gosh, <laughs> that sneeze like shook my desk. Kitty. Oh, jeepers. Um, it's a it's a pretty good show. It's I think the first season is a bit rough, and the second season is also a bit rough, and it gets it kind of picks up steam as it goes. Um, I, I felt like the it was supposed to be a mini series for just one season, and then they're like, "Just kidding! You got all you've got all this time that you could do now." So they're like, "Well, shit! What do we do with the rest of this? Like, we thought we only had a season." So that's I think that's part of it, and also the fact that the the seasons they got were shorter than the seasons they were used to because it it used to be like twenty six episode seasons, yeah. and then suddenly they're in thirteen episode seasons, and I think especially in the first season they weren't told that or like it, it was supposed to be a longer season and so they had to like emergency cut some stuff at the last minute so especially in the first season a lot of stuff like problems arise and then are immediately resolved like <laughs> the next episode yeah it's very like I, it has I some real pacing that. issues oh well um but seasons three and four were pretty good um it's not perfect and it's not 
it's not the last airbender but it's not trying to be the last airbender it's trying to kind of do its own thing and be like a little bit more serious and a little bit more nuanced and i think that's i think that's interesting and i think it's commendable that they try to do something different yeah i mean that that show had way more of an audience of a like non-child slash adolescent (laughs) audience that i think they were intending so like the last airbender so when when they got the opportunity to do core it's like it seems like they really sort of took that to heart, which is cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's mostly me. And City Skylines is very good. It's everything SimCity should have been. <laughs> um, and I've been playing it more than I should. It's one of those things where, you know, I'm like, oh, it's, it's, uh, it's only like, you know, 11. I can play a little bit longer. Let me just, you know, like do one or two more things. And then I look back up at the clock and it's like 1.30 a.m. And I'm oh, like, no. fuck. Yeah, I was having one of those nights a few nights ago. I know how that is. What What were you doing that was consuming your attention? I I don't really even know. Like I played I played a handful of like tiny little indie games because I was like I think I feel like playing this game. Like I played Doctor Langoskov, which I mentioned earlier, which we will there 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 might be dealings with that in the future. Um. But yeah, that's like that's like a oh gosh, oh no, my oh, sorry, my computer's making noises, and I thought I had it muted. Okay, sorry, sorry, <laughs> sorry, listeners, for that Facebook for... Uh, ping that just happened. Um, yeah, no, I was just like oh, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna play this short game. Oh no, it's three in the morning. Golly gosh, <laughs> shocks. <sighs> that happens a lot. I also played some more of Rus because for some reason like I got an itch to do so mm-hmm. um, and I I beat the uh, a couple of the the silver challenges that I still had going oh nice so the only the only things I have left to unlock are the gold are all <laughs> the gold challenges that's all it which is oh, four achievements that sounds like a nightmare but it's I mean good for you that you were able to just like pick it back up and and like do silver achievements. I probably would not be able to do that after not having played that game. I think it, what happened was, like, I was just browsing through some bookmarks that I hadn't, like, looked at in a while, and I found that, like, resources table on the wiki. Oh. And I'm like, <laughs> blue whales? I don't remember ever making blue whales. What do I have to do to make blue whales? And then I couldn't, then I couldn't not play. Like, and I had got to the go itch. make blue, <laughs> blue whales. Yeah. yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Sometimes well, you just have to make, make blue whales. Oh yeah. yeah. Sometimes you just got the oige, the oige to make blue whales. That'll be, that'll be my uh, my new catchphrase. Sometimes you just gotta make blue whales. Yeah. What did you do? What did What did you do, Carl? What happened? How's it going? <laughs> Mostly school. Yeah. There's been a lot. Oh. Yeah. Are you approaching the end, or is it just a a never-ending? blob after next week it will be a bit easier for yeah some that's time. good it's always nice to get a little bit of a reprieve from that yes i enjoyed i enjoy school very much like as a as a thing to do but there are some things about school where i'm like well, you know i'm glad i never have to do that again like <laughs> that's, homework that's kind of nice. Homework in particular is the big one, yeah. Yeah, gosh, homework is just the worst. I hate it so much. It's actually fun to do it. 
I just don't do it. <laughs> yeah. You like it, but you just find excuses to put it off anyway. Yeah. Yeah. That's what you, that's what you gotta do. Tisk tisk. This is this is me wagging my finger at you. That's okay. I uh I usually do my homework. It's rare that I don't do my homework. Kids, if you're listening to this, do your homework. Yeah. Stay in school. Yeah. Who am I kidding? We don't have children that listen to this. If we did, we would try and swear less, maybe. Yeah. Probably. I, I would try and swear less, yeah. I guess. I, I would try and probably fail. I did get pretty good at avoiding swearing at one point um, when I was doing a radio show for college. Because you can get, like, seriously terrible fines if you swear during, like, normal on-air hours. Yeah, that's true. Um, so, yeah, that was, that, was a, that was a pretty good, like, crash course in censoring oneself. But it clearly didn't stick because I'm, you know, still having trouble adjusting. The, the important part is that I don't swear in front of um, small children when I'm teaching. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's been, that's been the, like, I really, really got to watch myself to make sure nothing accidentally slips out. And I've been mostly good. That's good. But small children are experts at swearing. <laughs> yeah, but they can't know that their teachers are. It's true. They have to come up with the creative swears. The yeah, creative I... non-swear swears. Because, you know, if I... The thing is, like, they can know all the swears and make up all their own swears, but the second the teacher swears, they go home to their parents and go, Mommy, Mommy, guess what happened in class today? Yeah. And then I'm in trouble. <laughs> Yeah. Oh boy, that'd be bad. So yeah. yeah. Well, I, I finally, I finally saw Star Wars. I went to Colorado and. <laughs> you did... had to go to Colorado to see Star Wars. Well, I was, I was in Colorado, and I, I flew out to Colorado from here, and boyfriend flew to Colorado from the East Coast. So we're like, well, we should like go see a movie while we're actually physically in the same place. So we went and saw Star Wars because. Nothing else. I mean, we both wanted to see Star Wars just because you kind of have to. You kind of have to. Um, and also because nothing else looked good at the theater. So, so that's good. Carl, are they I showing... I promise to myself to not see Star Wars. Yeah. <laughs> are, are they showing it by you? Is it in lo your local theaters? Yeah. Do you do you just have like a vendetta against Star Wars that you don't want to see it? Or you just don't want to cave to I peer just... pressure? <laughs> I don't think it's good enough to see and I don't want to see it just because it's... I'll be honest, I, I didn't have high hopes for it because I really I really don't like J.J. Abrams just as a director, <laughs> like, at all. At, at all, I do not enjoy his films. But it was fun. It was a fun movie. Yeah, it I'm was perfectly it. adequate. And it was better than it had to be for doing a, like, a Star Wars movie. Like, they, they had a pretty low bar. Yeah. Um, it only and, had to be better than the prequels. Yeah, pretty much. And it managed that. So. Yeah, it was it was perfectly acceptable. Like I am not I am not angry that I saw it. I am not <laughs> demanding my money back for for having seen it. Yeah. Like the characters were were interesting and charming, and it you know it was exciting, and there was lots of good action stuff, and that's about you know that's about what it needed, and that's about what it was. Yep. It did it. 
Hooray. Good job, Star Wars. Yeah, I only hope the new Star Trek movie will be at least as good. Yeah. Because uh, that one, I have much more personal investment in that franchise. And it's also J.J. Abrams, and I think yeah. it's the last one of in the new reboot series that he's doing. So, like, I think it's going to disappear again after for a while after this. Because he's busy with... Uh, with Star Wars, of course. He's he's not doing the next one. Someone else is he doing not? Ryan Johnson, I think he directed Looper. Um oh, Wait, cool. are they doing another Star Wars? Yeah, the new Star Wars uh set is is it's is set another up to be another trilogy. trilogy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's Ryan Johnson who directed uh actually it's more than a trilogy. Next year there is a spin off movie called Rogue One, which I'm assuming is about oh, X Wing yeah. pilots. And there's like a Han Solo anthology film and I'm sure there's a slate out for, like, the next 20 fucking years. But, um, yeah, the, the director of the next movie is Ryan Johnson, who directed Looper. And I did Brick. enjoy Looper. Yeah. I haven't I, seen Looper, but I enjoyed Brick, so... I... Yeah. I, 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 I understand why people enjoy Brick. I did not enjoy Brick. <laughs> I just... I... I have a, a big dumb thing for, like, neo-noir, so... I, I wanted it to be... I, I don't like my adaptations halfway is the thing because mm. I feel like I really hate it when they set Shakespeare in the modern day but they do, they use the exact same text and they don't update the dialogue and to That's me fair. to me brick felt like the exact same thing like they were doing a noir thing but like, like set in a high school setting but they used all the normal like noir dialogue see I kind of like that because it was it was just way way more melodramatic than it had to be. <laughs> But yeah, no, I, I I got you. I feel you on that. But um, but yeah, I do I do very much like um, what's his face, which both those movies have in common. Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Maybe Joseph Gordon-Levitt will be in the next Star Wars. <laughs> I would love that. That, <laughs> that would, would be fantastic. Be, that would be just re recast um um Adam Driver. Get him out of there. No, that's that's mean. I like he was good. Who was he? He was Kylo Ren. Oh. <laughs> with his big, with his big doofy face, you take off the mask and you're just a big goofball-looking guy. With his, with his doofy emo hair. Yeah, it's good. It I've was... had, I've had a lot of discussions with people online about whether he is like a good villain or not. And... I like him. I like <laughs> his little, his little tantrums. Maybe should we put, should we put like spoiler tags if anybody or... hasn't seen Star Wars yet? Sorry, Carl. I know you don't care though, so <laughs> we're talking about Star Wars and you're just like whatever. Yeah. <laughs> okay. We can stop talking about Star Wars. Let's start talking about a story about my uncle instead. That's the yeah. game we played. Yes, we did. Kyla, and... I, I hear that you were able to play this one. I was. I took no chances. I just like when I knew it was like, okay, I have time to play it tonight. Let me stop at the grocery store on the way home from work and buy some ginger ale. <laughs> and then I just like grabbed one from the fridge and sat down and started drinking it before I even opened up the game. Because I'm like, yeah, this this could potentially be bad times. But that said, didn't get nauseous at all. Awesome. Like, I don't know nice. if the ginger ale was part of that, but it's it was I was absolutely fine. Um, I, I kind of suspect... And this is sort of weird, but I feel like the motion blur had something to do with it. I, I was wondering, because, I mean, they they put a lot of options in the game for things that you could have 
altered you turn if, it had, on and off? if it had yeah. given you like there was there was motion blur and there was like fov and the speed lines even those yeah. little speed lines that show up around the edge of the screen like you could have turned those off too so i'm like yeah i mean yeah, yeah. hopefully it's, which uh, if you're doing a game about hookshotting you that's in the first person you need to put as many options for motion sick people in your game as possible yeah. Like I feel like that's a prerequisite, and they did a good job. So that's, that's good. Well, yeah, I was I was worried that you were just gonna have a terrible time again. But <laughs> it really feels like one of those games. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and I don't know why. Like this was fine, and Refunct wasn't. Like Refunct has so much less movement in it. Yeah, I don't know. But... I wonder. I wonder if it's just that Refunct is like here is an infinite fucking plane that you're on. And that's true. It doesn't it it has some like depth of field uh issues in in Refunct in that like there's absolutely no like level of distance on it. You just yeah. see everything pretty yeah. much. And I I felt like um in a story about my uncle there there was except for like that brief bit where you're outside it felt like there was not a whole lot of times where you could just see everything. Like, there were a lot of twists and turns in the environments that obscured, you know, the distance, which yeah. might have helped. Yeah, and twists and turns and darkness a lot of the time. Yeah. Um, but we should probably, like, actually start with the summary so yeah, people like, know what the, the heck game. we're talking about. Carl, do you want to intro the game? Did you talk about the game? Or you, you suggested the game, but you don't have to intro the game if you don't want to intro the game. I can intro the game. Intro the game, then. Go for it. Mm, should I intro the game? I think you should. It's a, this, it's a game where you... It's basically told as a bedtime story, and you go into a magical world, and you grappling hook floating rocks the end <laughs> yeah yep that's it yeah so it's a there's a guy who's telling a bedtime story to his daughter i, I believe mm -hmm. and he's like oh man this one time i was at my uncle's house and he was an explorer and i found like a magical power suit in the closet that he made for me and then i found like a magical teleporter that he made and it teleported me to this real weird world where i could hook shot around i like that it wasn't even a teleporter it was like a, a fucking trebuchet that just <laughs> shoots you into fucking space it's a garbage disposal yeah it's a garbage disposal it's it's yeah. yes it's meant to dispose of garbage yeah. Um, so then you get you get to this cave and you're like, well, I guess I'm gonna grapple my way through because I see evidence that my uncle Fred has been in this cave. And, Fred. And I can't you believe the name they went with was Fred, but okay. <laughs> right. Um, and then and then you get to a town made out of garbage, literally just a town made out of garbage inhabited by frog people. Yep. Who... Froggy salamander people who are a little uncanny valley. A little bit, yeah. Um. But. It's a pretty low budget game, and there yeah. are a few areas in which it really shows. And uh... it's it's basically in in the character animations yeah. of mostly the salamander and, guys. And some of the voice acting was a little bit. I I gave weird the voice acting a pass because I don't I don't think it's like it's not an American studio. I don't think. Why? Nope. Yeah. I've, it was weird to me that they chose to do it in English. I was like, I was looking to see if this was originally done in another language, but it it didn't look like that. Was that? Am I mistaken on that? Um, no, it was made in English. 
Yeah. It, it's, so it seems like it was made in English by a bunch of people who are not... Yeah, it's, it's a, the, the Gone North Games is a uh, Swedish developer. All these Swedish games! Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, this is the first <laughs> Swedish game I suggested, That's though. true. <laughs> well, yeah, the, 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 next, the next one. The, one. the next the one next also one. is, but... But that's okay. We'll get there. We'll get there. I'm sorry. I should not have gotten ahead. So you meet these garbage frogs, <laughs> and one of the garbage frogs is a girl named Maddie, and she's like, "Hey, you're Uncle Gar- Fred's. Cool. Let me yeah. go with you." Garbage, garbage frogs who like worship Uncle Fred as as like their creator or something. He's their creator. Yeah. He yeah. brought he brought their their yes. garbage frogs. Although you do not know that at the beginning. Yeah. It's just, but, well, it's pretty easy to figure out. But the uh, yeah, they're like, oh yeah, Fred. Fred's great. Fred's the best. Fred's you, you been know, here Fred. since since we were born. Yep. Yeah. And so yeah, you uh, she comes with you. Maddie is uh, is she's very much the the sort of archetype character of like I want to see the world and. I don't want to be stuck with the old ways in my tiny village, and, yeah, and take her, me with you. Her village elder's like, no, you cannot go, because, <laughs> you know, he's an old man. So then, then they go through the caves, which is the caves that they live in, and they get out of the caves. Um, Maddie and I don't think our character has a name, which is fine. Um, and then... He's called Nephew at yeah. the end. <laughs> yeah, I really... Why did it... Who calls someone nephew? nephew. <laughs> yeah. Oh, nephew! It's good to see you! Oh, my tiny child relation boy! <laughs> that is related to me. Yeah. Um, so then you're outside of the cave and you meet more garbage frogs, except these are not garbage frogs. They are well, first like in the process of getting out frogs. of the cave, you, you get past- you sneak past a giant worm monster? Yeah. That looks hilarious. <laughs> That a looks like a cross between like a beholder from D and D and just like a big purple worm. <laughs> yeah, I did like I appreciated the um the little like micturating membrane on its eye that went sideways <laughs> instead of up and down. That was cute. I thought that was cute. Yep. Um. Yes. Yeah, so then you get to Frog Village number two, which is actually like nice. So there's like real buildings that aren't made of garbage and. Zeppelins and and windmills and stuff. It looks very whimsical and yes, and it's made of like floating rocks in the sky, <laughs> mm-hmm. and is powered by magical crystals that yep. they mine. I guess. I, I guess I don't know where they mine them from because <laughs> because their city no is literally ground. floating floating tiny so, rocks. But yeah, like and 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 are the caves also floating? Is a thing that I would like to know. I, I guess presumably they must mine them from the ice mountain. The ice mountain is connected to the ground. Oh, that's true. I forgot about that. I forgot. Yeah, and I forgot that the crystals do play a pretty big part in the ice mountain. So yeah, so you go through the floaty floaty frog village. There's garbage frogs and there's floaty frogs, and um, you meet some floaty frogs. And Maddie's like, you know, friends cool and all, but I think I want to stay with these people because they understand me because they complimented me once yeah yeah because i, I want to do my science. entire life but these guys complimented me once and so i think i'm gonna stay here with them basically <laughs> so you go on alone into the ice mountain um 
and there's a lot of a lot of real bullshit grappling you gotta do in the ice mountain. Um, oh my god, I'm, we'll talk about that. That should yeah. be a thing we we talk. Yeah. About. Oh boy, we will talk about that. Um, and then you find Fred in the ice mountain, and and Fred, similarly to Maddie, you know, you've known Fred your whole life, and you're like, hey, Fred, come back to Earth. And Fred's like, no, I think I'm gonna stay with these frog people. I, I really care totally about these frog people. Yeah, I, I just... You get out of here. Nephew. Yeah, nephew. <laughs> nephew. He's like, uh, let's go back. And you're like, oh, by the way, Maddie wanted to see you. And he's like, on second thought, since you mentioned that one little detail, I've totally <laughs> changed my mind and will stay here forever. Ah, my favorite garbage frog. <laughs> she misses me. Yeah. I think um, Fred just wants to get away from nephew. Yeah, <laughs> probably like, ah. Oh. God, I never should have made him a power suit. This little shit thinks it can follow me everywhere now. Oh. Um, yeah. So then you get shot off into the sky, and the credits roll. And then you, after the credits, there's a little scene where it's like, oh, yeah, I, Uncle Fred, I went back to your house for the last time. And it is, it seems apparent that Uncle Fred has died. There's a little picture frame with a photo of him and some candles set up on the so, table. Yeah, that's so... Like, I'm, I'm really not sure if they intended this to be that uh, Fred had died. I really thought they were going to pull a, like, oh, this whole story was, like, completely made up as a, you know, thing for the little girl because actually Fred just died and this this whole, you know... Well, I, I, um... This whole story. But then, like, in the epilogue, he says, like, you know, I never told my mom about what happened because she never would have believed it. Yeah. And it's, I'm like, oh, no, so they're still going with a, that's exactly what happened. Yeah, that was, that was weird, too. I think I would have liked it better if it was just like, oh, it's a nice little story to tell about, you know, a relative who has passed. Um, mm-hmm. Because he, he, like, goes into the house and everything's packed up and, and he brings a photo of himself and his daughter into the room where the launch pad thingy was. The yeah. garbage the garbage disposal. And the wind catches it and blows up into the sky and that's the end. Yep. Um, and he's... As, and it's, it's like as a, like, thank you for sending me back because it turns out you were right and, like, having a real life was the best adventure or whatever. Something like yeah. that. Yeah, so... Frog people are cool. Yeah, like, that's okay. Like, that's sweet and all, but, like, so Uncle Fred just lived with the frog people forever, huh? I mean, gosh, those... And those frog people, like, they apparently matured very quickly from, from a birth state and had incredible technological advances in probably a very short amount of time, um, considering what, what the second, second set, um, who are in-game referred to as the strays, because they left the cave mm-hmm. so they were the stray frogs um, like the, the the technology that they were capable of developing in what seems like not a very long time yeah like um, a matter of like five years or something yeah so it's like I feel like Fred was gone for a few months yeah we don't know we don't know if he like if he was if he set up the frogs in the time he was gone or if the frogs are from a previous experiment and like he just like got stuck with them it's, and he it got lost. seems like the frogs were at least younger than the nephew because the nephew references saying hey i found some frog eggs with fred mm-hmm. and then later is like i don't know where the frog eggs went and yeah. then and then you've got frogs in yep. space 
So presumably not that long. Yeah. Like, you know, however old the kid is minus yeah. some time. Assuming, yeah, assuming the kid is like, what, 12 maybe? And couldn't have found that those frogs when he was less than like five so it's prob it's definitely less than ten years that yeah. these frogs have been around. Yeah. And that ten years to have like zeppelins and <laughs> yeah. and like pretty pretty cool architecture. I guess Fred could have taught them about some of those things. Yeah, that's true. I like also how like when you tell Fred about Maddie, he's like, Oh, so she found the strays. Man, I really should have probably taken her to see this place <laughs> at some point. Why did I never do that? Yeah, like I spent all that time like teaching her language and, you know, teaching her to read and and instilling her with a sense of, you know, curiosity, intellectual curiosity. And I knew she was really into the strays and she loved those legends. And she was she was just she seemed pretty bored in her own village. They just sort of stifled her creativity. Ah, you know. Whatever. <laughs> I had to... Why didn't he just... The <laughs> people in the cave worship the crystals, whatever. And yeah. why didn't Fred just tell them to do stuff with it? Gosh, yeah. Yeah, especially because, like, Maddie was apparently doing stuff on her own and experimenting with it and, like, made a flashlight or something. Yeah. Which, was that ever mentioned before she brings it up to, sh like, nope. sh show the other frog? Yeah. No. So you, you arrive in the other village where there's, like, a whole new set of frogs... And Maddie's like, oh man, you guys use the crystal for the crystals for power sources? Look at this neato flashlight that I made out of these crystals. I've been doing experiments too. And I was like, you know, that would have been useful in these really dark caves yeah. that we just went through that you didn't mention at all that you had a light source. I mean, I guess we didn't need a light source because they were very, very convenient, like bioluminescent flowers. <laughs> yeah. Those that were super convenient. Yep. Um... <laughs> Yeah. So yeah, so the main mechanic is um, there. There are a number of things that you can do. Yeah, let's talk about the actually the progression of mechanics because it it kind of starts out and then builds, which is cool. Yeah. So you start out with your with your rocket suit and you can grapple. Uh, you can't even you can't even grapple at the very beginning. You can only do uh, tall jumps and long jumps. Oh yeah, I guess. Um, and small yeah, jumps. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I, and small jumps. Yeah. I don't I don't think they like. Do they give a justification for not being able to grapple, or is it just sort of you don't you don't get you don't have the first crystal yet. You ah, actually okay. have to go grab the first crystal. Right, I forgot that that's that that's how it was. Yeah, it happens really early. Yeah, but there's like a few things in the tutorial first where they're like, okay, you can charge up the suit and to do, do a tall jump. Yeah, to to jump really high, or if you charge up the suit while you're sprinting, you can do a really then long can, jump. Then you can fling yourself. Yeah, and you can also do a regular jump. Yep, and a regular sprint. Yeah, and then you get a then you get a power crystal for your suit, and then you get a, a grapple. Yes. So one power crystal equals one grapple. Per per landing. Yeah. So they the grapples refresh every time you actually land on the ground. Somehow. And there's a yes, lot somehow. of bottomless yeah. There's a lot of bottomless gaps in this game. Oh so, boy, uh... there are, there are. Yeah. Oh man. Um. So yeah. So for a long long time, you only have the one grapple. And then you get to the village, and the village elder gives you a crystal, which gives you two grapples, mm -hmm. I believe. Yep, and then you have to do some stealthing. And then you have to do some stealthing, yes. Around the worm. There is, yeah, the, the only the only time that happens, there is a worm, and it sleeps for like ten seconds, and then it wakes up, 
and it looks around and it scans the room with a, with its giant spotlight eye. And if you move, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it actually ca- it casts light from its eye mm-hmm. the way Somehow. people used to think vision worked. Yep. Okay. I, mean, I mean, I think that's a really nice feature. It, it, it looks cool. It's, yeah, and you can t- it's very clear. When... Yeah, no, it's from a game messaging standpoint, it like it and a mechanical standpoint, it makes perfect sense yeah. and it's very well done. From a like narrative justification standpoint, it's a little odd. Yeah. They don't have any narrative justifications <laughs> in this game. Nope. <laughs> Just That's... go with it. Yep. Fair enough. I mean, okay. at, at this point we already have garbage frogs. So, it's fine. Yeah. It's fine. And we should probably like talk a little bit more in depth about the narrative, but let's keep going on the mechanics mm-hmm. for now. Um, and then when you is it when you? I don't remember. Actually, I don't remember when you get your third um, crystal, but you get one eventually. And then when you Somewhere get to this, the, it's hmm? before the flying frog village, isn't it? I think yeah. so. Yeah, because I think you have full grapples in the flying frog village, but they. Uh, then the girl challenges you like, hey, I bet you can't get through this without using any of your grapple. <laughs> no, no, it's without using the... Yeah, it's without using grapple. Yeah, yeah. without using the grapple, yeah. Which I I came very close but didn't quite manage it. And I probably could have if I had, you know, tried that more, but... Way harder than it should be. It was. Considering it was a challenge from Maddie. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, I'd like to see you try to do anything without grapple because the entire time after you leave the village maddie is on your back you're like piggybacking maddie which is a great her. which is a great excuse for not having to draw her or develop any ai for her movement yeah so you know that works she rides on your back you can hear her voice but you can't see her in mm-hmm. any way and occasionally if it's like really really narratively necessary she hops off yeah and and interacts with you know other fish fish frog fish Frog. Salamander. Salamander-ish. Frog They're things. also kind of salamander-ish. They are, yeah. Um, so on the way to Flying Frog Frogamander Village, you get rocket boots. Which Which if... are not as fun as they sound. <laughs> they're not fun, but they're, they're pretty fun. They're a they're a really useful, like, oh shit button. Yeah, they're they're the <laughs> Hail Mary, oh shit, I missed that jump button. Yeah, exactly. Um I like that after you get the rocket boots. Pretty much every jump is designed that you can clear it without the rocket boots. Mm-hmm. But if you fail a jump, you can rocket boots. Yeah. Yeah. They, I mean, they give you a few necessary ones, like right off the bat, where you have to use the rocket boots to get used to them. But then, yeah, yeah most of the stuff after that is like, use the rocket boots if you need to, if you get mm-hmm. totally stuck. But yeah. like, otherwise, you can, if you're really good at jumping, you can just make all the jumps. Mm-hmm. Um,. And then you're in the ice caves. And in the ice caves, you come across these crystal clusters. And while you are in midair, you can zap a crystal cluster with your um, grapple. And it will recharge all of your grapples. It will recharge one grapple. Is it, it just you... one? I thought yeah, it was it oh, I thought it was all of them. Really? Yeah. I've Maybe I wasn't <clears throat> looking closely enough. I always sort of assumed it was one, so I just zapped every crystal I could reach. Oh. Are you sure it wasn't? I don't know. Now I'm going to have to look. I'm pretty sure it's... (laughs) I thought it just gives you back one more. I don't know if there's any way for us to find this out without actively going into the game, because it's, uh... Like, I can't imagine this game has a very prolific wiki. It's such an obscure title. Yeah, no. Most most of the stuff is from, like, the Steam community. Hmm. Um... 
but yes, at any rate, you're zapping the crystals recharges your grapple in some capacity. So you have to, while you're flinging yourself around, also zap some crystals on the way through in order to have enough grapple power left to get to the end of a given segment. Mm -hmm. Also annoying, if you have no grapples left, if you've used your three grapples, you can't recharge your yeah, <laughs> you need to have a grapple to recharge a grapple. Yes, which is which... really annoying. Yeah, that um, that screwed me up a couple times. Um, and then there's a great segment where you have a really hard landing, and your rocket boots break, and so you just can't rocket boot for a while, which is a little bit nerve wracking. Sort of arbitrarily. Yeah, but I don't know. I I feel like it's it's kind of nice. It's like okay, we've given you the safety net now try it without the safety net and then you get it back anyway yeah because you like you find some tools that fred has left and you're like i was able to repair my boots with yeah the tools that fred or left. after the bullshit segment with the falling that's after after, yeah. after the bullshit segment <laughs> which which we, while we're talking about the ice cave we might as well just talk about that there is a room the room where you like there's a bunch sort of floating of crates in it for some reason yeah and you have to get across, and you can't get across the entire room just by swinging. You have to land on some of the crates because even the combination of perfect grappling and rocket boots can't get you all the way across this chasm. Mm-hmm. Um, and then on the other side, there's a crystal, and you drain the crystal for narrative reasons with your grapple, and then everything starts to collapse. So you have to make your way back across the boxes, only now all the boxes now are falling. falling. Yes. Oh my god, it's such bullshit. It is. And god, it took me so long. And the most frustrating thing about it is like after after a couple tries, I got decent at it to a point where I would get to like, you know, within one grapple of of the landing on the other side again, but and there would just, just like, be no boxes, no boxes for me. <laughs> yeah, no boxes. No boxes. The... Uh. Like the end is a little bit too wide to jump between the area where the boxes end and the area where um, the, like you have to land. So you kind of need to have a rocket boots charge left at that mm-hmm. point, which is very, very hard. Yeah. It's, it's really, it's just like, you gotta, you gotta luck out with, I don't know if it's, I mean, it's probably not like pure RNG as to when, when and where the boxes fall. I'm sure there's some order to it. But I think it's it pretty, pretty much random. Yeah, it felt pretty random. It felt pretty like this is arbitrary bullshit and like. Yeah, but y- y- you gotta sort of get lucky with the boxes in order to get it, yeah. which, eh, you know. Yeah, that segment could have been better thought yeah. out. That was. That was the only part of the game that I really felt like, man, this is bullshit. Like the yeah. rest of it, like there there are difficult. The ice, yeah, the ice cave had a lot of really tough segments <clears throat> mm-hmm. that I had to do a bunch of times. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, and I think I was put in. So here's so here's the story of what happened to me. I played this game in two sittings. In sitting one, uh, I I was I did pretty well. I I thought this game is is pretty fun, but it could be like 25% easier because like when you stick a landing, it feels really, really good. Mm -hmm. And when you almost miss it, it feels really, really, really bad. And like, I, you know, if it was just a touch more forgiving, I think this would be a really great game. And then I got onto a ship that took me to the ice cave and I'm like, this seems like a good place to stop for tonight. And I saved the game (laughs) and I went to bed. And then the next day I came back to the game and like 
within the first five minutes was the box sequence. Yeah, that's that's basically the like, first thing you do in this there. This is bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> So that put me, and then, you know, I played the rest of the game in that sitting, and I think I was just in a really bad mood from starting off with the box setting, because I was just, I'm the entire ice cave, I'm thinking, like, what happened? This game, like, difficulty cliffed, and yeah. it, like, the rest of the game was, like, challenging, but, like, right on the level of, like, satis you know, like, right around the, the area of satisfying, and then it just completely went to shit and started being, like, so hard that it was frustrating, yeah, I second part. Yeah, like the ice cave. I don't. Yeah, there. Like there definitely is a difficulty spike there, and it's like, eventually, it it sort of is like okay, like you get a handle on what you need to do. Like there are a lot of like blind jumps in yeah. the ice caves, which they never gave you before, and eventually yeah, you just... you see you see the first thing you're supposed to grapple onto, and you just have to take it on faith that while you're swinging, you may notice the next one. Yeah. And it's really tough to make sure that you're looking, because you, you I, I always found myself like looking all around in every single direction to try and see which one it was. Mm -hmm. And then I would spot it just when it was too late to actually grapple to the next one. Yeah, yep. And so, and then the next time you'd be like, okay, which direction was I looking in? Yeah. <laughs> which happened to me like three times with, there was like one set of like three floating rocks and then you had to find a crystal which the crystal was like somewhere the fuck else. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. Um, yeah, there. Yeah, the ice Did caves. you guys manage to at some point go the wrong way? Yeah, I think once or twice. That definitely there was there was a spot where you have to use stalactites to get into a cave. Then you yes. hit a ledge and you have to turn like ninety degrees. And like yeah. three times I went back out the way I had come because I got yep. so disoriented about which direction I had come from. Yep, I definitely did that um, yep, at same. least once. I feel like this game really could have used uh, like another month or two in playtesting. <laughs> yeah. Because it's the here's the thing like that I think really frustrated me about this game is it's so close to being a really really good game, like it has a lot of potential and there are just one or two kind of little things, like the difficulty cliff and and the complete arbitrariness of the story that sort of like spoiled it a little for me, and yeah it's some little some little playtesting stuff to say like hey people get turned around in this spot and you you need to cue the next area better yeah um, i feel like a lot of a lot of the issues because i the only place that i really was like okay where like where do i have to go next even um was in the ice cave and i feel like a lot of that could have been helped with more lighting cues yeah because in, in general early in the game they're really good about yeah about cueing you like the, it's very clear where you need to go and i was actually pretty impressed about mm -hmm. impressed by that um, and then in the ice cave, it's just all very soft blue light with the occasional bright orange flare, which was dropped by Fred at some point. So you're sort of just looking for these bright orange points, but they're really sparse. I got super disorientated in Flying Frog Village. Yeah, I, you know, I think like I actually did get turned around everywhere. like once, once or twice in there as well. Yeah. Uh, mostly... <laughs> Mostly it, what it would be is I'd be going forward and then I would think, I haven't seen anything new in a while. A am I going the right way or did I get turned around? And I, I would be going the right way, but like I would get confused about whether that was the case and I would turn around and I'd go back for a bit and then I'd turn around again. And... 
It was a, it was a little rough. Um, I liked some of the, the, the grapples in the flying frog area though. There was a lot of like really fun getting to the top of tall things, which is, yeah. <laughs> I think the best thing in that game is getting to the top of tall things. It is. Yep. I like that's just in general in games. Like that was my favorite thing to do. Like the only Assassin's Creed game I've played is the first one, but that was my favorite thing to do is just climb, climb things. There's something sort of viscerally pleasurable about just climbing to the top of something tall and then looking around. And jumping off, if you can. Although, now that I think about it, when you go into the ice cave, like you take the little zeppelin ride over to the ice cave, that cave, like the cave mouth, is pretty high up um, on the, like... Uh, on the mountain vertically it's mm-hmm. like near the peak of the mountain and yet you spend the entire ice cave segment basically going up <laughs> so like yeah. really really far off <laughs> yeah <laughs> the, the ice cave is a lot further away than it seemed it's actually like way taller yep there you go that's <laughs> that's the justification yep um so let's let's talk about the narrative justification because i felt like it it felt like the outline of a story without actually like fleshing anything out. Like there were all these like major story beats that you might expect from a well-told story, but like everything happens within the space of like two lines of dialogue. Like no one needs to be convinced of anything. You say <laughs> one thing and they're like, all right, I guess we're going. Yeah. Like, like you get to, um, um, garbage frog village and like, Oh yeah, I'll I'll take you to the village elder, and then you get to the village elder, and the village elder's like, okay, well, you want to find Fred? Crystal. Yeah, have our sacred crystal that we worship to charge up your power suit to go find Fred. Like, oh, well, thanks for letting me take your crystal that I had no idea that you worshipped or that I even needed. Like, thanks, you're you're a real pal. <laughs> and then Maddie's like. I guess I'm going with you now. Oh, never mind. I guess I'm staying in this other village. And then you find Fred, and Fred's like, "Well, I was gonna go back, but, but like, like you said, like, oh, you mentioned Maddie a single time, and I, now I feel like I must stay here." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do we ever get an explanation why he's in the ice caves? No. Nope. Well, I think... no, no. I think he was building a teleport back. And he needed all the crystals, right? Yeah, that, yeah, like, it was never explained, but that's just sort of what I assumed, because because all the crystals are in the ice cave. Yeah, you find him in a cave, like, coated in crystals, and his his pad, like, is hooked up to them and glows the same color. So I presume he needed the power source. Yeah. Why did you even drain that one crystal that was holding up all those boxes? <laughs> there was no need to there do wasn't, that. There wasn't. It's like you get across the chasm and there's nothing over there but some crystals. So it's like, well, I guess I got to do a thing to these crystals. Whoops. <laughs> and then it turns out that that was the wrong thing to do. God damn it. God, that segment made me so angry. It was the first thing I did when I got back. I was just so angry. It's like, man, I was really enjoying this game. Why did this have to happen to yep. me? I, I got to that point because I, I played this game in the past once and I got to that point and I was like, okay, I'm ready. I'm ready, ready for this bullshit section. And I had to stop. I was like, nope, I was not ready for this bullshit <laughs> section. And I just quit quit the game for a little while and came back to it later. I, <sighs> I, I, was, I considered doing that because it was pretty like... 
it was fairly late in the evening when I started it, and I was like, oh, no, like, I I shouldn't get myself this angry this late at night. Like, I should just give it up and, like, go do something else. But I knew that if I put it down, I wouldn't pick it back up again before <laughs> before we met. So I'm like, no, I gotta just power through it, because I, I gotta get to the end. And mm. I made it, but it took a lot of tries. Yeah, I, I thought about keeping count, but I didn't. It would have been an embarrassingly large number. Yeah, now I kind of wish I had kept count, actually, now that you said that. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, well. Um, I, I, okay, so, what, 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 huh? Uh, so I, I would I would like to, to talk a little bit about the queuing, but if you have something else that you want to tangent off first. Oh, I just wanted to, since we're talking about narrative, I really like the use of the framing story in this. Um, just, it's already such a whimsical game that, like, structuring it as a bedtime story is just a nice little, like, like it was good. Yeah. Glad I, they did I, that. That does make it feel a bit more justified, I think. Mm-hmm. Where you can say maybe some of it is not that the story, like the adventure was bad. It's just that the father isn't telling it very well. Yeah, <laughs> that, that does sort of help to smooth those patches over a little bit. And of course, like, it, it, you know, it, it you can sort of assume that there's like dialogue that you're not getting. Maybe, but... I uh, hope so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We a pretty bad story on this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we, we can... Uh... We can use that as our justification. It would be great if you got, like, Bastion-style uh, narration throughout the whole game. Like, and then I fell off a mountain again into the bottomless abyss. How did you save yourself, Dad? Don't ask questions, honey. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of... I kind of thought about that... Um early on and I was thinking that it, it reminded me of the um, the new King's Quest game Ooh, yeah. uh, right because they do that where they have that um, that framing narrative and like anytime something goes wrong the uh, the girl chimes in with like wait are you sure that's how the story went or, or <laughs> something like that yeah and this didn't quite go as far as it could have on that front but it's it's using the same sort of general idea I think yeah I just remembered, when Maddie challenges you, don't you realize that you're, like, above a bottomless pit, and you will die? <laughs> and and we both did die many times, but <laughs> but that's not how, how time listen, works. Listen, she's there. a young frog person. She doesn't understand concepts of life and yeah. death yet. <laughs> not, only that, not only is she a young frog person, but she's a reckless frog person who, like, was so ready to leave the safety of her village. Do you think she cares about her bodily safety? <laughs> no, she just wants fun and games and possibly plummeting to her death. You know. I like do, all young girls. I do really wonder what the surface of that planet looked like, though. <laughs> surface? Question mark? So, yeah. I, I, I like the idea of the cave section just being a giant floating hollow rock. <laughs> And everything is just giant floating rocks, and some of them are big and hollow, and you can go inside of them. Yep. But. Well, the ice, the ice mountain was presumably coming up from something. Yeah. So maybe there is a ground far below that it that it attaches to somewhere. 
Or maybe that maybe the ice mountain was just a very, very, very large floating rock. Very pointy floating rock. It was so large that we just couldn't see the bottom of it. It was wreathed in clouds. Yep. Maybe it's actually the planet is just a gas giant that has some floating rocks in the atmosphere. Maybe. Maybe maybe it is like in the process of coalescing into a proper planet. Ooh, I like that. Maybe it's magic. Maybe it is magic. That could be. <laughs> we are dealing with magic bullshit crystals, so... They, I mean, they tried to be very, like, pseudoscience-y about it. Like, the whole thing was, you know, Fred is an explorer and an inventor, mm-hmm. and this is supposed to be sort of like a Jules Verne kind of, you know, yeah. journey to another world. Um, like, it wasn't very well justified, but neither is Jules Verne stuff, from what I recall. Yeah. Not particularly from what at I recall either. On a, on a, at least on a science level. <laughs> I think Jules Verne stuff is a little bit better narratively justified but <laughs> yeah. not scientifically. Yeah. Okay. Well, queuing. What would you yeah. like to say about queuing? I feel so like... I thought they did a really great job of introducing in like the very first, uh, even as soon as you walk into like in the flashback, you walk into Fred's um, the house and like all the important and interesting things are blue. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like, hey, the thing you have to interact with has a slight blue shiny aura and is like impossible to miss. Yeah. And then it's like, okay, you know, you go towards the windows, like move towards the windows where you can see outside into the snowfield that has like a blue sheen on it. And then you're like, well, there's nothing else I can do here. Let me turn around. And then you turn around and like one, there's like another corridor that you couldn't see when you came in. And like the way you came in is red and the way you have to go is blue. And you, you go towards the blue. And then when you first get into like the, the, the strange world, um, the, there's like symbols everywhere that are left behind that are in like these bright blue like lit uh, sigils on the rocks and they they mark the way you have to go forward. You basically just go towards sigils every time you see them and mm-hmm. that trains you really well for the rest of the game to like look for because the idea is that the grappling hook leaves these sigils behind when you grapple yeah. so you can see like the way you've been going but also like the way presumably Fred went yes and it's it's really just nicely laid out most mm-hmm. of the time the only the only places i really like it didn't work at all i feel like were there was one or two spots in the cave um yeah. and that's because there was just you had to kind of look in a completely unexpected direction to find where the blue was but I always was able to say like okay I'm lost let me look for the next blue thing because there will be a blue thing somewhere if I look hard enough yeah and there there pretty much was yeah and it it was also there's like an unlockable option that allows you to change the color of the little sigils that you leave behind when you grapple yourself which if you find at least 10 of the like yeah. optional bonus findy thing which which is helpful for not mixing up your own sigils with Fred's. Yeah. But not essential, obviously. Also, um, you can have a cool color. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The, the unlock at, like, 15 was goat mode, which I only found 12, so I did not get to experience goat mode. Did anyone unlock goat mode? I'm, I'm super I curious. Goat mode. I did not what unlock goat, goat mode. mode. What is goat mode? Tell us about goat mode. Well, it's basically... It's published by Coffee Stain Studios, mm-hmm. 
we did. did Goat Simulator. Yeah. So you basically have, instead of a grappling beam, you have a tongue. A tongue? <laughs> oh, good. Right, you, and you get a lot of goat sounds. <laughs> nice. That's good. I like That's, that. Okay, yeah, that makes me happy. That's also, cute. The one you unlock after, I think, is really cool. It's the Midas. Does everything basically... you grapple to turn to gold? Yes. Yes. Oh, that's I, awesome. That's what I thought it would be. That's. I'm glad that I was right. Yeah. I. I always like. I always start out really strong in finding collectibles, and then I just sort of am like, yeah, okay. I got so, grappling to do. So the collectibles in this game are like little surveying devices that Fred left behind. And one yeah. thing that I thought that they did was really that was really cool is they make a noise. The beeping, yes. Yeah, they make like a little yeah. beeping sound, and so you can tell when one of them is nearby because you can hear it, mm -hmm. and then you have to sort of track in on like do a hot and cold sort of when it's getting louder and softer, and like uncover them, which was kind of fun. When I whenever I heard it, I was I didn't go out of my way to look for collectibles, but whenever I heard the beeping, I was like, oh, there's a thing nearby. Let me go get it. Yeah, I think. I think that was part of my problem um, in not finding more than I did was that uh, I, be this music is pretty, or this music, this game is like pretty, pretty light in terms of sound and soundtrack. So I just had music playing in the background while I played it. Like, yeah, so whatever. you did not hear the beeping? No. I mean, I did, I did a couple times when it was like really close, like close enough that I could just like, oh, hey, it's right there. Why didn't I turn around? But, you know, there's, I mean... There's also apparently, like, some optional story items that you can run mm -hmm. into and, and, like, click on, and then you get a little bit of narrative that the father, like, tells tells the daughter another little piece of story. Yeah. Um, I only found, like, two of those. I don't know how many there were. I... I but think, I feel like I didn't run into very many. I think I got... I got an achievement for that this time around, which means that I probably filled in any that I hadn't found before. Let me... See, I which I'm guessing means that I found all of them. Because one um, of them is when you find the frog eggs, and he talks mm -hmm. about how like Fred found some mosquito eggs and got bitten all over, but then found some frog eggs. Um, and then there was another one later on in the ice cave that I found, like on the box of flares. I forget what that story was, but there was like a box of flares object there. But I think mm -hmm. that's like the only two I found. Um, it doesn't. It doesn't say how many there are, but I did get an achievement for getting all of them, so I probably have to, like, do, do some more searching. Yeah, do you remember roughly, like, how many little side stories there were? Um, I want to say there were, like, maybe three, two okay. or three per, like, area. Oh, um, that many? Well, I feel, I think there might have only been, like, one or two in Floaty Frog area, and then maybe, like, two or three in garbage frog area <laughs> and maybe another two in the ice cave so not too terribly many but yeah I th this was not a game where I felt particularly um, encouraged to explore which is funny because it's like a really interesting world and getting around it is is fun because you have the grappling hook but it there's such a clear path and it's so easy to get lost if you're yeah. not on the path that I was always like Ugh, I don't want to leave the path because then I'll like never find my way back yeah exactly um the, there was there was one cute little one that was like you find I don't know some things hanging from a tree in in the in the frog village the outside frog village and the guy like the narrator says something about Maddie and the daughter's like 
was Maddie cute? Did you like her? And the narrator's like, she wasn't even human. But I guess, I guess she was kind of cute. So, I don't know. I thought that was a cute, like... I missed that one. Yeah, that was that was the one of the ones that I like didn't get. That that was the one that gave me the achievement. So Mm. uh, apparently that was like the one that I missed. Um, When you played it before. Yeah. Did you finish Um, it when you had played it before? Yes, I did. I just I don't know. I think I just didn't look around as much in the village. But you had gotten Um, through the bullshit box part. I have gotten through the bullshit box part in previous times. Yes. I feel such like, bullshit. I feel, like, I feel like I had um, a more difficult time this time with the bullshit box part than I did in my last run because I remembered having a harder time with some of the later parts of the cave. Like, th- there was one part that I remember just, like, fucking up on repeatedly and I was like, well, that didn't give me any trouble at all this time, but the box part. Yeah. Goddamn the box part. Yep. Um, so did you guys play it with uh, mouse and keyboard or with a controller? Uh, mouse and keyboard. Mouse and I keyboard. considered doing it with controller, but um, it seemed like it was giving me instructions with mouse and keyboard, and I didn't want to like try and figure out what all the buttons were on my controller. So, although, so what happened was at first I didn't realize I could use a controller, um, so I was just using mouse and keyboard. And then I think it's when you get the first, um, the first crystal the uh the rumble turns oh, on the yeah. vibration and it happened to be like sitting on top of my tower and it made this like awful like <laughs> horrible grinding noise and i'm like oh my god what happened like yes. oh my controller is rumbling yeah so that... i played it twice and first time with a controller mm-hmm. but i realized that i'm pretty bad at aiming <laughs> with a controller yeah, that seems like that would be really tough. And it you was do have to awful. Aim... Yeah, you do have to aim really precisely mm-hmm. for those did grapples. You, did you finish it with the controller? Yeah. Whoa, that's impressive. I'm impressed. Yeah. Small, I would not have been small, able to do that. Small golf clap for that yeah, achievement. Yeah, good job. Did it. Uh, the, uh, yeah, the, the aiming, like, I, I, at one point I was tempted to turn the mouse sensitivity up, even though that would almost certainly make me nauseous, just because, like, you need to whip around so fast to point at different, like, sections sometimes Yeah. that I can't imagine trying to do that on a joystick. Yeah, that would be... That seems like it would be a nightmare. Also, speaking of, like, little, little tricky, like, whipping around and stuff, I... In the ice cave... I sort of, like, felt like I developed a technique pretty well for landing on things that you're not supposed to land on. By grappling to the landing point? Or, <laughs> That's like, what I did. Yeah, or, like, just... There was a part with the stalactites, stalagmites, whichever those are, the hangy-downy ones, yeah. where there were some sort of... Yeah, where there were some sort of arches. And you're supposed to, like not land on the arches but I needed a grapple and I was like I'm just gonna try to land on this arch and I landed on the arch and I was like oh now I'm gonna there's do this there's a lot of places where you can just land even yeah. though like you're not really yeah. supposed to there's also yeah. places where you can land and then you can sort of jump but the only thing you can do is knock yourself off the place where you landed and into oblivion that did it's... happen a couple times in the ice caverns well. I landed a lot on stuff I really don't think I should land on yeah 
Yeah, it was a little questionable in terms of the collision, I think, uh, in certain places. I found but... that mostly, like, sort of on the edges of maps where it's like, okay, I'm obviously probably not supposed to be here, but... Uh, yeah. And there were one or two places I found, too, where it seemed like I clearly was supposed to be able to grapple, probably to, like, go over somewhere and get a secret. Um, but it was like, I tried it and I'm like, no, this seems impossible. And it, it like, it's, there's clear pathing. Like I'm supposed to be able to do this, but I'm not going to keep trying because this is way too hard. Yeah. I, I encountered that a couple times there as was, well. There was one of those in the flying village where you like take off from like one of the docks and there's a place you can go around to like this, this extra cliff thing. I think I got like to like a part, part way there and then I, like, could not for the life of me figure out how we're supposed to make the next jump. And I'm like, ah, screw it. I don't need this secret that bad. Yeah, or there was, I remember fairly early on in the floating area, there was, there was, like, this cave off in the distance. And I'm like, I feel like I should be able to get there. It looks, it looks like they want me to go there, but I have no fucking clue how I would go about doing that. So then I just left it. After, <laughs> after sort of flinging myself into space five or six times. Um <laughs> previously yeah. so they are at the very least um less so in the ice cave but at least earlier on in the game they're pretty generous with save points with like checkpoints yeah so when you make a really hard jump you generally and you then die you generally don't have to go back that far which is yeah. which is nice which is, is kind of them <laughs> and and if usually it seems like if you do have to go back there's a there's a handful of like easy things that you just sort of have to get through. It's not like a long string of extremely difficult jumps yeah. that if you fuck up one, you fucked them all up. It's like, okay, here's some slightly easier things. It's a little tedious, but that's and fine. very nicely, when they reload you at a checkpoint, they auto-face you in the correct direction. Yes. So they're like, are you confused about where you're supposed to be going? You're facing the way you're supposed to be going right now. <laughs> yes, that is also true. And extremely kind. Yeah, which I, I had to use several times <laughs> and appreciated very much. Yeah. Um, one So one tiny little nitpick thing I'm going to mention, and maybe this is just me, but did it bother anybody else that you're like six inches off the ground? Yeah. <laughs> I noticed it. So I, I didn't always notice it, but like every once in a while I became aware of like how close relatively the camera was to ground level Especially... compared to the size of your hand in front of you. Yeah. You were like one length of your hand above the ground, which kind of made me feel like I was like a tiny little person <laughs> with an enormous hand. <laughs> yeah, I, I especially noticed it in a couple places like walking up an incline, being like, wow, I am just... I'm crawling up the fucking ground. Yeah, I am, am I six inches tall? Because I feel six inches tall. I'm just like a snake. I don't have a face. I just have this hand at the end of my snake body. Yeah. So that, like, I found that kind of jarring several times. And I noticed it, like, absolutely first thing when I got teleported to the new space. So, like, I didn't notice it as much when you're in, like, Fred's workshop. But the second I landed in this area with, like, these weird obelisks and crystals, I'm like, wow, am I tiny here? Like, how am I How am I this close to the ground? Yeah. Is everything suddenly enormous? <laughs> I mean, maybe, maybe, maybe we're a midget and we don't know it. I don't know. I, 
and yet you seem to be like more or less eye level with the salamander people. Yeah. It's like really unclear what the physical shape of your body is supposed maybe, to be. I mean, maybe maybe Fred's experiments went a little too far and he accidentally turned his nephew into like an amorphous blob <laughs> who changes way. his shape at will, except for his hand, which somehow <laughs> remained intact. That's kind of what it felt like. That seems legit. That's probably <laughs> Yeah, it probably is. That's my new fan theory. That's that's why you're that's why you're constantly trying to track Fred down. You're like, Fred, change me back to normal, please. <laughs> you said you would give me bones for Christmas. <laughs> uh, so speaking of fan theories, which Oh I... yes, bring this up, please. So there's some theories on the Steam forums that the story of about my uncle um, represents, or at least is related to, um, the five stages of grief. So metaphor for moving on. And, yeah, so... You're gonna see. have to sell this to me yeah. a little hard, because I, mean, I cannot see it. But... I mean, I gotta sell it. Most of, most of what it is, is in, um, the, the text, the cipher language that we get from Maddie, is, there's a lot of it in the game that doesn't get fed to us. Oh yeah, there's a side side note. There's a thing where like Maddie's like, "Oh, there's all this writing on the wall in strange language in a strange language that Fred taught me how to read. Here's a book that translates it." And then while she's with you, she just like narrates the symbols that you see on the wall for a little bit. Mm-hmm. And that's how you know about the crazy worm thing. But anyway, yeah. Continue. So, um some of the words that are on the wall um if in the room where you f- where you launch back away where Fred is like, oh, well, go have fun. I'm staying here. (laughs) If you turn back around the way you came, there's a word on the wall um, off to the right of the path. The word is acceptance. Um, And in another part of the game, apparently you can see the word denial. And in another part of of the caves, the word anger is present. Okay, is it the falling boxes area? Because that's where it belongs. Uh. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Actually, another thing. um, The falling boxes area, one of the little, like, side snippets of narrative that you get is you find a fallen box just, like, on one of the ledges, and there's a bunch of writing on it, and your daughter, like, Fred says, not Fred, nephew says, like, oh, there was a bunch of writing on it, and the daughter asks, oh, could you read it? What did it say? And he said something like, well, if Maddie was here, she would be able to tell me what it says, but maybe maybe I would be able to remember what it said and it doesn't actually translate it for you. Like, it leaves you to do the legwork yourself. But, um... What does it actually say? So there are a couple. I only saw one block that had decipherable text on it, mm-hmm. but one of them... So there's there's two, or th- no, actually there's three with translations. So one of them says... Where is it? Okay. So um, one of them says, Dear Marin, I miss you so much. Also, it was me who ate your flies before. I am sorry. When we meet up there one day, I will give you new ones. Love, Nami. And the other one is much darker, and it says, Dear Renu, I promise to join you above the sun before the week is out. I just have to figure out a way that is not too painful or gruesome. Yours, Lauren. So, the boxes seem to be messages to their dead. Ah. Which is kind of dark, but also kind of 
sweet, interesting, I guess. Yeah. yeah. They send, I mean, they do look like those little, you know, like in, in the movie Tangled, those floating lantern things. Yeah. They do like look like that except crates. Yes. Maybe because crates are easier to animate. Yes. And maybe maybe those were crates full of garbage that Fred sent through the portal. Yeah. Um, so it's not so much a metaphor for the stages of grief as the stages of grief are literally tattooed on objects yeah. in, like, in various parts of the game. I mean, that's less interesting, I guess. <laughs> that's, but... that's not exactly subtle metaphor as that thing goes. So, okay. Let's assume that it, because they put the words in there, the developers wanted us to associate this with stages of grief in, or, you know, in some discoverable fashion. How would we, how would we justify that? If you had to say, like, okay, I'm going to twist this metaphor as hard as it goes. How is this about grief and moving on? What, like... Well, okay, so the first, the first stage of grief is denial. Which so that's you could the part say... where you're like, hey, I'm not lost. I'm having a fun adventure in a brand new world where, where I have all kinds of cool powers. Yeah, or, or even, even before that, you could say like, well, I went to Fred's house to see if he came back. My mother told me not to, but I did it anyway because I wanted to see if he was back. Mm -hmm. Even if he was like obviously dead and you're just trying to say like, well, no, he's coming back though. Yeah, okay. Wait, this... This whole thing makes me believe suddenly that Fred is dead. <laughs> yeah, that's. And he went to heaven. That it did onward. seem to be. It did seem to be that, like that was a possible interpretation of the ending. As I said, like I found it confusing because he didn't. It seemed like that was the point where they should have dropped the metaphor and they didn't. Mm -hmm. um, but it is a possible interpretation when he came back to the house, like, hey. Fred's actually just been dead this whole time and, you know, the kid like, you know, like the, the nephew likes telling stories to to his yeah. daughter because she's too young to like understand that he's dead or whatever. I guess um, I guess there's another another thing that like people say that this person is saying ties into it um, is that there's a newspaper clipping on the wall that is talking about Fred like going on mountain climbing expeditions at the age of 52, which is not super old, but maybe a little old to be going on mountain climbing expeditions. Yeah. I don't know, depending on how healthy you yeah, are. Yeah, it said something. It says something like man reaches ever like peak of Everest at fifty two or something. Yeah, like that. especially especially that kind of a climb. So the what they're saying is that Fred died during a climbing accident, but his body wasn't found because it was so high up. So the kid like justifies it in his head by saying like, well, he's a he's a genius scientist, so. Obviously, he had some gadget that allowed him to survive in this ice cave. Um, and the rest of it's just like, well, I want Fred to be happy. So I'm going to imagine that he had like this nice little floating paradise and, and frog friends to keep him pals with. Yeah, uh, because we found some frog eggs together that one time. So Yeah, yeah I, I guess I, I can buy that. I'm still... Okay, so the first stage is denial. So I'm... So we've got denial. What's the next stage? The next stage is anger. Anger. Which should be much, much later in the following blocks. Um, <laughs> but is maybe I think symbolized I th in like the, the, the salamander, uh, like elder being like telling Maddie that she can't do what she wants or something Yeah, or, like or even in like the rift between the, the, the garbage frogs and the strays. Mm -hmm. Because there, it seemed like there was some sort of like a, 
a schism there where the strays were like, mm, fuck you, we're going to find our own garbage village to live in. Yeah. And they got something much better. Um, and it says that the word anger is, you can find it in the caverns. Um, so that sort of follows a little bit. <clears throat> and like, Maddie's so got the only place with an enemy. That's true. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The only place with an enemy that can kill you where you have to like move carefully or it or else it'll see you because apparently it doesn't see motion um, or only sees motion rather. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, like there's that whole like that whole area is Maddie being like rebellious and like not not wanting to do what she's supposed to be doing and just like kind of <laughs> you don't understand screw, screw you, dad. dad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's still super vague, though. Yeah, no. Um, then the next stage is bargaining, which th that word doesn't apparently doesn't actually appear in the game, or at least I don't see anyone claiming just, to have found it. Yeah, maybe it does, just in a place where the jumps were just too hard for anyone to get to. Yeah, or maybe it's like written somewhere extremely subtle in like the village. I don't know. Um, so presumably that should be in this in the flo floaty village somewhere, right? If yeah, that's what it seems like. Because someone said that the word denial was near the portal mm -hmm. at the beginning. So that's so yeah, denial would be at the beginning. Yeah, but anger so I would guess be in the if, caves. You're, if you're denying the idea that Fred is dead, then this whole adventure is denial. Yeah, it's like no, he's not dead. He just went on an adventure, mm -hmm. and so that's why it starts with denial. Yeah, and then the portal leads to that. Um, so yeah, bargaining ostensibly would be somewhere in the village. Some, well, so somehow. there's a whole segment in the village where Maddie is quote unquote quiet because she's deciding whether to stay with you mm -hmm. or, and keep finding Fred or to stay with, in the village and like meet these new people who complimented her one time. <laughs> that um, is true. So I, that could be bargaining maybe. Yeah. Um, it's like deciding is it worth pressing on or is it worth just like accepting you know when you have something good or something like that yeah no? I, I could I could I can live with that explanation <laughs> um, and then the next one is depression which I'm assuming is it you know just most of the caves <laughs> yeah, because kidding. that's the boxes yeah and, and not only that like in, in the, the that's when you head. get your boots broken. Yes. Oh, yeah. I like that. Mm -hmm. I like the boots broken. And part. there there are also parts in the cave where like he mentions like feeling really alone and saying like, "Well, it's dark and it's yeah. cold and I couldn't stop to fix my boots because mm -hmm. I would freeze to Maddie death." Maddie isn't there. And Maddie's yeah. not there and, you know, it's like the only thing keeping him going was the idea that he knew that Fred had been there before. Yeah, Fred has gone through this and survived, so I can so, go through, so I can go through and survive. Yeah, um, and, and then... if the if the messages on the um, crates are like literally like death messages, mm -hmm. then or messages that's... to dead loved ones. Yeah, yeah, messages to dead ones. That's like a pretty good grief, um, you know, marker. Mm -hmm. So, and then the last one is acceptance, which you see on the wall before you go back. Yeah. Okay. You know, like, it's, as I say, like, it's it's pretty clearly intended to be read that way if the developers went so far as to literally paint the words on the, the wall. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I, I'm comfortable. Does it add anything, though? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, kind of. A little bit, but... I mean, gotta... I feel like it, it justifies a little bit of the wishy-washiness of the story. 
um, if you view it as like, well, it's it's meant to be a parable. <laughs> you know, like parables generally don't hold together too well narratively because can, they are metaphors for other things. They can get away with a little more. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Also, um, I found the bit of text that I couldn't buy, find before, and it was, it's on another, it's, it's like the floating, like, column? They're not, like, cues, but they're columns, and one, and I guess one of them says, um, on the winds we sail for the sun's eternity. So I guess above the sun is, like, frog, frog heaven. I see. So, there you go. That was just, that was bothering me, me, because I couldn't find it, so, <laughs> there right. you go. Um, I can't help but think that if Chris were here, he would complain a lot about the idea of it being a metaphor. <laughs> yep. Because, I mean, you know, it has to stand on its own as a game, first and foremost. Well, it, and it does. I think it me. does. I think, like, the, the mechanic is... still. I still maintain should have been at least 25% easier and at least 60% easier in the ice cave. Yeah. Um... But it, you know, it, when you gra- when you perfectly nail the swing at exactly the right time and get land in exactly the spot you meant to, that feels really good. Mm-hmm. Like it has it has some really good moments. And I did finish the despite the boxes, I did finish the game. Yeah. So. And and for the most part, it's like even in the really difficult areas, it felt like every well except for the boxes, like the general broad blanket disclaimer. Except for the boxes, um, <laughs> it felt like every time I made an attempt at an area, I did get a little bit better each time, mm-hmm. which which helped with the frustration of of the difficulty cliff. Yeah, um, but there were yeah, one I, or I, two areas in the ice caves where I tried something like four or five times in a row, and it just like every single time I got like most of the way there but not like mm-hmm. missed something towards the end and that like that frustration was hard on me like I really almost quit a couple times and that's the worst kind of frustration when you're like almost there but mm-hmm. just not quite because that's that's what happened to me with the boxes there's one there's <laughs> one where there's like it's a it's a three part rock swing no, it's like a four-part rock swing, I think, with one where you have to grab a crystal partway through. Um, and then, like, exactly perpendicular to your left, there's, like, another set of rocks. But there's a you have to stop in the midpoint on a little ledge before starting out on the perpendicular direction. And that first set of swings, I just could not, for the life of me, get. It was not quite as bad as the boxes, but I spent almost as long on it. I think... I don't know if I remember which part that is, but I, I would recognize I it if no I saw idea. it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> this is like one of those games where it's not really, it's not necessarily broken up into like discrete chunks. Like it is, but they're not, they're very they're not self-similar. Named. So yeah. they're hard to, they're hard to reference. Yes. Very, very difficult to reference. Yeah. There was, I found a, there was a strategy that I ended up using a lot in the ice caves, which was um, when I get to a point where I can stand, I would just do a high jump just so I could look around from a higher vantage point. Mm-hmm. Like not not even trying to go anywhere, just go straight up so I can say, okay, where am I supposed to go next? Just straight up and do a little spin around. Yep. And that actually came in handy a couple of times. Yeah. But yeah. So that was Overall, the <laughs> I, I, I recommend, you know, like if people want to try like a kind of an interesting fun physics thing and and you have patience for you know high level of challenge 
like try it out. It's kind of an interesting game. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> charming too. Like, yeah. it's try a little it. a little rough. Try it and but... leave a message on the forums about what you think the metaphor for the five stages of grief is. Yeah, right. How right many us... times you died in the bullshit room? Yeah, in the bullshit <laughs> yeah. box room. Right, write us yeah, your keep own. Keep track of your box deaths. <laughs> <laughs> write us your own dead frog message to your dead frog pals. Um, and oh, I feel like there was one other thing I was gonna say. Hmm. Hmm. I can say a thing. Yeah. When I heard. Like, there was a game about using a sort of grappling hook. I never would have thought it would be this linear. <laughs> yeah. That is true. And I, I like it. it. It really needed to be as linear as it was. Like, you couldn't... The thing they were trying to do, they couldn't have done with an open world. Yeah. Um, I think I they could have done some interesting things with an open world, but the way they had, like very you know steadily structured increasing mechanics where you get more and more like little different types of things you can do and there's you know there's a set narrative that they want to give you one piece at a time and it's so easy to get like to get lost in the space because you have so much mobility like that's part of the problem is when you can go anywhere like how do you make sure that the player doesn't go where you don't where you don't want them to go, um, which they mostly did through giant uncrossable chasms, <laughs> which is interesting because it has the effect of making the game world feel much larger. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not that it's not that the world is confined; it's just you can't get to those places, yeah. which is sort of interesting. Because you know, especially once you're out of the caves, there are zeppelins. So obviously, like there are zeppelins and there are lights, and you can see buildings on the faraway rocks. So obviously, you know, that's inhabited, mm-hmm. which is, you know, it's nice. It it does make it feel like, okay, this is like actually a place where people live. Although the uh, the population of places with little creatures was done in like the most rudimentary way possible, so they like don't even turn to look at you if you're yeah. nearby. Yeah. So. Which which is hilarious because you'd think the only other human being any of them have seen. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's that's another one of those places where like the sort of low budget nature of it kind of creeps through. Yeah, but that's okay. We forgive them. They did what they could with what they had. I think. Yeah, and it, for the most part, you know, it it works pretty well. Yeah. It's 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 making a game is a tough thing, and they made a fairly solid game, all things considered. So hats yeah. off to them. Mm-hmm. Definitely. All right. Any last closing remarks? Nope. All right. We gotta we gotta intro the next game. Yeah. Carl, you want to intro the yeah. next game? Yeah. The next game is Els Heart Dot Break. Open bracket, Just close another... bracket. <laughs> Open friend, close bracket. Oh, yeah. 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 Another Swedish Games. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's okay. It's it's an if it's a national pride thing, you are allowed. Hey, that, I, I should, mean. I mean, maybe maybe while we are, uh, while while Chris is not with us, and so we can play all the like really crazy artsy games. Yeah. I might I might push some more Czech games. I might have us play uh, Botanicula. At cool. Some I'm point. I'm done with it. I'm done with that. I'm done. Yeah. Right, so. Art games forever now that dad's gone. <laughs> <laughs>
So, Els Heartbreak is a game made by Erik Svedeng and some other guys. It was released earlier this year. And you play as Sebastian, who just found a new job as a soda salesman in a new town and just moves on a whim. And this town is magical. <laughs> okay. I would describe it as pretty much having two acts. They're not really sep separate, but one is you basically go into the town and you, in an adventure game style, like find form relations and find and talk to people. And the second is about hacking and recoding in the world. Hmm. So pretty much every object in the game can you recode. So sort of like um, the one that Shanbo was playing for play-by-play. -play. Sort of uh, like hack and slash. Yeah, hack and slash. But it doesn't really do coding in a weird visual representation. It has actual code. Yeah. yeah. Okay. It, it actually just like gives you a text interface and says, okay, do a thing. Here's the code I, for I have, the game. I've played a little bit of it, so. Okay. They also have a pretty intensive learning course. Yeah, I... um. I have like just gotten to a point where I'm able to hack and I have because like it's it's on little in-game like discs in game the manual the coding manual I actually have like a, a separate text file of it open because that's well, like, too much teaching, for me to handle teaching people to code is not an easy thing like literally that's part of what my job is mm -hmm. is like is developing methods to teach people how to program and you um, really get the Oh shit, what is this? Moments. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so I, I'm curious to see how they do this. This will be in some ways like work research for me. Yeah. So, alright. I am really intrigued. Cool mus music and art style. The art style is really cool. I like it a lot. Yeah, it looks like a sort of um, like super colorful, slightly lower fi uh, Borderlands kind of style. Which is to say, just like, um, you know, simplified and heavily outlined textures, mostly. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, like the, the screenshots that I saw of it looked pretty interesting, so. Yeah. Intriguing. So that's the game. We did, we did an episode. Yay! Our first Yay. episode without Chris. Sad face. Womp womp. Now we are, we, we gotta find us some guest hosts, because otherwise we are KKK, which is a bit of a problem. I wasn't gonna say it, but <laughs> but you have said it. Yep. I mean, unless my cat joins us as a, as a permanent yes, fourth are, host. We are KKKF. Yes. KKKM, Fliffo. Yes. <laughs> yep. Fliffo, Fliffo saves the day. Yes, he's asleep now, though, so. so. So we can't get his meowy sign off. Only, only, hey kitty, come here. Come here. Come here. Oh, he's not going to do it. <laughs> don't, don't wake up the cat just for the sake of the podcast. He's, he's, he's looking at me, but he's not going to get up. So that's fine. <laughs> he's like, what? What do you want? Mom. I'm sleeping. I'm here. <laughs> okay. That's fine. You go back to sleep. All right. All right. Well, we will see you guys in uh, in two weeks then. Yeah. Do we want to Do we want to plug stuff? Oh yeah, <laughs> uh, might as well. The I have moved on to uh, Majora's Mask. Uh, last week seemed like it went pretty well in terms of you know like the the vods exported okay and uh, 
like I'll you know they did, they didn't mute my stream on Twitch or anything like that. So that's good. Uh, so it looks like I'm going to be continuing to play that uh, on Sunday evenings at seven. Uh, we'll see if I get started a little late tonight because I've I'm planning to cook something kind of fancy for dinner and I don't know how long Ooh. it'll take. Ooh, what are you cooking? Uh, I'm gonna make a shiitake mushroom soup. Nice. I um, like. I yeah. like listening to other people talk about what they're cooking. Yeah, no, it's it's a super it's a super good soup. It's shiitake mushroom and soy sauce base, and and I put like little noodles in it, and it's ah, nice. very tasty. Nice. But anyway, um, so at hopefully around seven tonight, I'm going to be playing um, more Majora's Mask, and that is uh, Twitch.tv/CageTiger with a K, and you can follow me on at Kyla underscore Go on Twitter to get full details about when I end up when I end up streaming in my schedule and stuff like that. Hooray. Um, I do on Fridays, I, I host one of us, um, which is a thing that anyone can do. If you want to sign up for a time, tweet me at Kelso time bomb and I will sign up, sign you up for a time. Um, we're booked for the next three weeks next, this coming Friday uh, at noon, because it's our early Euro friendly stream. Um, Jason is going to be playing we don't know what he's going to be playing yet. Never mind. Um, the 22nd, uh, about Tree Fitty, we'll be playing Banner Saga. Ooh. And then, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. And then on the 29th, I will be playing uh, Yume Nikki, which should be interesting. Uh, okay. Also, Mondays, mostly walking. I think they're still playing Siberia. Is that correct? Uh, yes. Okay. Well, they they did not. They have not yet finished Siberia. I don't know if they will still be playing <laughs> Siberia. We'll see. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then Wednesday, Jason does Satan's Fingers at 6 before play-by-play -play at 8, which is Gone Home, I think, still for Jason and uh, another Nancy Drew game. Yeah, for he's playing, Sean. Um, Nancy Drew and the... I don't remember which one. There's so many Nancy Drew games. Creepy, creepy... Something, something uh, up the something Creepy place. plantation, Creep, yeah. Creepy factory accident in the south. Yeah. I, I was um I had a I had a conversation with my boyfriend about the Nancy Drew games, and he didn't believe me that there were like thirty something of them. So I literally read every title of all of the games to him just because, and I did it in a dumb voice. Yep. So I know a... that there were a lot of titles. Yeah, I I started a, a thread on the forum today to talk about some of the the stuff we that he dis, that uh, Shanbo discussed in the Q and A uh, last week. So. If you are interested in discussing play-by-play -play or this podcast, um, come to the play-by-play -play forums at pbpnetwork.formatic.com. Yes. We talk about lots of fun stuff there. Yes. I'm still doing the Mogs playlist project. I'm so close to the end, and uh, like I just you... can't pick the last two songs. I, I need to put up... What I need to do is put up polls for people. Uh, I'm yeah. just like waiting to find a time when like people will actually be around and able to answer polls. Because I always think of it when it's like super late at night, and I'm like, nobody's actually going to be around. <laughs> do just like throw up a poll during your stream. Yeah, I, I will. I will do that tonight if I remember. If you remember, yeah. <laughs> and if not, d throw up a poll during mostly walking. There will be a lot of people there for oh, that. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. All right. Yeah. No, we still have to decide um, on Earth Blues and Dusk Requiem are the two ah. that there's like two choices for each. So we'll have, we're having. I'm gonna have people pick what they want. Excellent. And then the playlist will be complete. Hooray. And then I have to find a way to actually, like, gather all that music in MP3 form or something. I'll probably make a, a YouTube playlist to share with people, but I kind of want to have, like, an MP3 playlist for myself. 
Yeah. As, I mean, I don't know. I don't. I feel like there should be a way to do that, but I don't know there's what it probably, is. There's probably saucy oh. piratey ways to do it, but yeah. I don't know them. That's true. The one, the one I used to use has been shut down, so... Which one is that? Uh, I used to use Zamzar, which is oh. a file conversion thing, and it lets mm. you convert. It lets you file convert websites, so you can say like, take you know, take any uh, like video that's embedded in this website and just give me an audio file of it. Um, but they they like, I guess they must have got like a cease and desist from YouTube or something. So there's now like a special thing where you, if you try and do that, it's like, hey, we can't do this on YouTube pages. So, like, we can convert any other page for you, but don't ask us to convert a YouTube well, page, please. Oh, well. It's also a good way of, like, you know, ripping down the video from YouTube and just, like, having it as a, in video format. Yeah. So. I, I know I know things like that exist. I, um, gosh, I've, I've used a thing like that that converts audio like that because I had to use it to, like, pull um, audio off of video so that I could, like, lip sync it for an animation project. Mm. Um, I do recommend Zamzar, generally speaking, for for general term like file conversion stuff. If you need to do any file converting, nice. it's pretty decent. Excellent. But anyway, Carl, what's your Twitter? It's at Skug three. Hooray! You can Yay. follow me, and we can become best friends. <laughs> best friends, and we can go on garbage frog adventures. <laughs> yep. Aren't aren't we all really garbage frogs at heart? <laughs> we we are. We are. We're garbage frogs and and terrible boxes. <laughs> We're garbage frogs who make terrible boxes, really. Yeah. I wonder. I wonder if they put their dead in the boxes. That didn't occur to me until <laughs> just now. Like that seems really inefficient because you could literally just throw them off into the um, endless <laughs> abyss. But maybe they but have more they respect. Wouldn't go, it wouldn't go up, right? Because for heaven, they have to go up towards the sun, ah, right? That's true. So you that's need to put true. them in boxes that are crystal-powered so they'll rise. Oh, my so gosh. The so those were the crystal coffins. energy we just, sending we, them to hell. We yes. damned. Or, or either that or they were just like like a really, really inefficient, like we're going to carve this message on a on a giant stone cube and send it up to heaven so that our loved ones... Can, so we can get a hold of our loved ones in heaven. I mean, either way, like, we either I just... I like the idea that we were jumping across people's coffins in that segment. And, and, and damning them to not heaven. Yep. Oh, oh dear. <laughs> we tried. Anyway. Yeah. Serves, serves that damn box segment right. Yeah. Man. That was real rough. Oh, okay. Well, thank you for listening, everybody. Um, Again, if you want to be on an episode let me know and yeah. we'll make it happen <laughs> yeah if you want to if you want to join us in talking about elseheart.break drop us a line yeah or any other games in the future as we announce them obviously we don't announce them early but yeah you know do the thing do the thing and see you next time <laughs> <laughs> bye everybody bye bye